0: Welcome to Digital Days Gaming. My name is Dave Hunt, and this is a special episode for Tom Clancy's The Division 2 Warlords of New York. The first part of this episode is going to have an interview with Nick Skurr, the producer at Ubisoft Leamington, as a lead on the Warlords of New York expansion, the first narrative-driven expansion coming to the Division 2. It kicks off their second year of content. You get to hear a lot of him and I have a conversation about their goals with Warlords of New York, as well as um, their endgame goals and how seasons are going to work. After the interview, you'll you'll get to hear my impressions of what I thought of the gameplay, that I got to play while I was in San Francisco on a trip that Ubisoft flew me out to California to allow me to capture the footage and to get the interview. So thank you again to Ubisoft for that opportunity. So please listen to the interview and then listen to my impressions. Those impressions and the interview are also on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash digital days gaming. And this is obviously released on a our um, audio feeds so if you like this content in this format of style please give us some feedback let us know if this is either things you want me to do in it in the future or michael to do in the future this is our first kind of off thing not a, not a weekly episode so like your feedback is very important and you can give us those feedback in multiple ways digitaldaysgaming.com facebook.com slash digital days gaming twitter at digital And um, subscribing on YouTube and Twitch, Digital Days Gaming on both of those. Twitch.tv slash Digital Days Gaming, YouTube.com slash Digital Days Gaming. Thanks. I hope you enjoy the interview.
1: Alright,
2: we are at a Ubisoft event for the Division 2 uh, Warlords of New York, which is an expansion that they just announced, correct? That's correct, yes. If you can introduce yourself, to everyone, please.
1: Uh, my name Nick Sker, and I'm a producer at Ubisoft Lemington on Division 2 Warlords of New York.
2: So tell me exactly what the, I guess, what is Warlords of New York?
1: So, Warlords of New York is a brand new uh, narrative expansion to the Division 2. Uh, we're taking agents back home to New York City, this time in South Manhattan, so not the same area as Division 1. Uh, and It's eight months after the initial outbreak and the reason agents are going back to New York is that Keener has resurfaced again with uh, diabolical plans for the future of society and you're tasked with hunting him down and to do that you're going to be um, tasked with hunting bear and his four rogue agent lieutenants who each have some information on what Keenan's is up to and where he could be in a, this new area of New York City. Okay, um, and what
2: would you tell uh, of somebody that maybe hasn't played the Division 2 or picked it up and played it a little bit and then stopped playing, like like, is there a barrier of entry here?
1: Uh, so. For us, we wanted to allow uh, players that might not even have played Division 2 before to immediately come in and be able to play the Warlords of New York expansion. So, there are kind of two avenues really. If you already have Division 2 and you have your agent that's that's already there, you can immediately uh, answer the distress signal that's played in-game from New York City and take a helicopter over, uh, begin the campaign. For those players that might have been Division 1 fans or maybe never even played the Division before and and see this as a good time to jump in, Um, We allow them to create a character within uh, South Manhattan, straight away starting at level 30 because that's where uh, this campaign starts, and uh, immediately just jumped into the expansion. Okay.
2: And um, then you guys are increasing the level cap in the game from 30 to 40 as you play through this content?
1: Yeah, so obviously we have lots of new gear, we've reworked the RPG system, and we have this new uh, open-ended campaign for the players to explore, so we want players... Uh, to grow as they're doing that. So yes, we've increased the uh, the level cap to 40. And then when players uh, reach that, we also have a new infinite progression system as well called SHD level. And um, players will be able to continuously level up their agent and um, perk points that they can put into stats to keep making their agent more powerful. So it doesn't end even when you get to that 40 cap.
2: So you're going to continue to earn the perk points while playing through the game almost no matter what you're doing.
1: Yeah, everything that you do from that point, whether you're playing a new end game or just replaying story missions or exploring the open world, all of those activities will contribute towards a certain new progression system we have.
2: Um, Is there anything that that's in the new in the SS? I'm sorry, what was that? SHD level, level. level. Is there anything like, as an example, you can give us in there that we could like use, or like something that would be like, is there a risk reward to it?
1: Uh, there's no risk reward, you're basically increasing the, the power of your agent, so it could be headshot damage or critical hit chance or the chance to uh, find um, wherever loot drops when a enemies are dropping loot. Okay. Um,
2: is there any changes planned for gear score at all? Uh,
1: so, as part of the uh, RPG refactor, we're actually removing the gear score and simplifying the system. So. Once you're at level 40, all of the drops will be at level 40 and instead of focusing on gear score, we clearly point out um, the positives of that gear you found, and, uh, you know, we're also bringing back god rolls and the focus really is on, on keeping the depth under the hood for, mm-hmm. for our hardcore players, but making sure quickly at a glance you know if a, a gear piece is worth keeping or um, deconstructing or selling. Yeah, and
2: then like Warlords of New York is kind of like your guys' pinnacle. Show me that all the changes you guys have been making through updating the streamlining the gear and changing that, changing the skill talents and everything like that. Yeah. And this is kind of like the culmination of okay, we fixed all the stuff that from player feedback, and here's your content to, to mess with. Yeah, here's your here's your playground. you yeah. made
1: all these changes, but those on their own. Without this content and all these new things to find might not be as meaningful So we wanted to deliver it as one uh, big package for everyone. That being said, for, for players that either Don't feel ready to jump into the expansion yet They're, they're going to get all these benefits as well in terms of the refactored RPG as the part of the title update um, I
2: noticed in a little bit of the, the playtime that I got today that I started seeing more, like, blue guns and green guns that drop again. Was that just us playing as a new level 30 player? Or if I am I completed Division 2's campaign, I've done, you know, World Tier 5 and yeah. all those things, and I'm going to New York, is my gear going to be relevant? Or is it going to get replaced
1: quickly? Uh, so, yeah, so when the, um, the update comes out, all of the gear that you currently have will be changed to work with this new system. But then when you start the Warlords of New York expansion, you're going to start finding a ton of new stuff. And as we said in the presentation, we want all the loot to be meaningful, so you're eventually going to find all these new guns, gear, uh, brand sets, and uh, you'll start building new builds, and uh, very quickly you know, you'll know, you be able to diversify the way you're playing and, and the tools and things that you're using. So yes, when you when you started then, because you were level 30, you'd start seeing green drops again, but as soon as you start hitting that cap, you'll start seeing your purples, your golds, and mm-hmm. hopefully if you're lucky...
2: During the presentation as well, you guys talked about going after the loot, uh, the lieutenants, and then the lieutenants are going to reward us with new skills.
1: Yeah, so, uh, you know, these are rogue agents so they have access to the same kind of technology that the players using and they really utilize that in the boss fights, some of them are multi-staged, and uh, these are actual, uh, you know, hardcore uh, bosses in their own right and they'll be utilizing their skills against you. But, as we said, once you defeat them, you'll uh, take those and use those yourself and you'll hunt down for the other rogue uh, lieutenants and now would himself.
2: Um, and then what's your goal with endgame player engagement in terms of how to balance New York and D.C. Like, Are we still trying to keep D.C. content relevant?
1: Yeah, so once you complete the campaign and, and uh, reactivate Seasons, which is going to be about a week after the uh, launch of Warlords of New York. You know, we have a, a lot of activities in our endgame and the, the purpose behind Seasons is a. Uh, to give players some focus and know that if I spend time on this, I'm going to be rewarded for it. Um, I know where to go and what to do. But the, um, the actual seasonal end game itself uh, can be played in Washington DC or New York. We're not restricting it to any um, set area. There may be some uh, league challenges that say, you know, you need to go and play this mission in Washington or this mission in New York. But um, things like global events will affect both maps. Yeah,
2: so can you elaborate on the seasons a little bit? I mean, you just said global events was something the community has been hoping for since Division 1, obviously.
1: Yeah, so um, obviously a very popular feature. Um, in Season 1, there are going to be three global events, um, which is really cool. And they, all three of them are very different and altered the, the way you play. And um, as the player plays those, there are challenges uh, tied into those global events that uh, unlock each day and uh, give the player rewards.
2: Um, and then I know a focus a lot early on with Division 2 was a lot about DPS, like damage per second. Yeah. And now, like something you guys emphasized to us today was making viable build diversity. Obviously, yes. like we've done that through some of the changes to the skill tree yeah. and how the talents are applied and everything like that. Can you elaborate more on the build diversity of? Yeah, not so. Strictly about just literally peppering as many bullets as we can. <laughs> exactly.
1: And so, uh, you know, currently, uh, skills are. And, and the different power levels on skills are tied behind skill power, and it can be quite difficult to get a uh, a build that unlocks the kind of higher tier um, power levels on skills. So we, on skills, so we've done away with that and come in with a, a skill tier system. And you can clearly see on uh, gear how, how much that's going to contribute towards your skill tiers. It's it's not a high number. I think the X amount of levels, just to say for the sake of argument, now, And you can see, if I equip these gloves, that's going to give me one skill tier. Uh, This mask is going to give me another one. So you can quickly see how you can build a a skill power build and uh, unlock the potential of all the skills in the game.
2: And then, um, you guys didn't go into too much detail about it. Can you kind of give any more shining, more light on the recalibration system and the changes that are being made to that? Yeah,
1: so for the recalibration system, what we're allowing the player to do is if they uh, find a nice chest uh, chess piece with a nice um, stat on it, say it's a god roll on um, damage. These numbers aren't final, but if there's mm-hmm. a, a 20% damage boost on this piece of armour, but you didn't want the armour itself, you had an, another favourite chess piece that you really liked, you can actually deconstruct um, that piece of armour and store that stat in the library to then apply to um, all the chess pieces in the future. So it's almost like a collection of uh, stats that you can store up and then apply going forward.
2: And then Warlords of New York is coming out March, right? It's
1: coming out on March the 3rd on a PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC, and then it will be coming to Google Stadia uh, later on. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you very much.
0: So, um, the Warlords of New York kicks off year two of the Division 2 uh, storyline. Um, as most of you that are maybe listening to this know, Division 2 is a game that has it obviously has a sequel, on Division 1 was wildly successful in New York. Division 2 launched, and it was relatively successful at launch. Um, And then it kind of fizzled out a little bit with their content plans. Um, They released episodic content. Episode 3 is actually releasing right around the time that you're listening to this, and that's taking you to Coney Island. And it's actually leading into the story of... It's actually continuing the story of Division 2 and leading you into the base of Warlords of New York. Now... Obviously, I've called it Warlords of New York multiple times. So, yes, we are going back to New York. The Division agents are going um, to southern Manhattan, lower Manhattan. And they are going to um, go on a manhunt for Aaron Keener. Um, Aaron Keener, his name was floating around a little bit in Division 1. I don't remember too much of it, but he was an agent of the Division that has gone rogue after being left in the Dark Zone alone. Um, He has also brought four additional agents with him. Those agents are his lieutenants, and those lieutenants are going to be what helps you find Keener. Uh, Keener is trying to release his bioterrorist weapon in New York, and there's a distress call, and we answer it from D.C. Um, Therefore, you will hunt these four um, rogue agents manhunt style and as you hunt them you will actually get new skills from them so like kind of going back to sort of like a mega man style thing where you 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 fight each bo- um each you know agent and then you get a new skill from the agent um those skills are some returning ones from division 1 sticky bomb um and some other cool new ones uh, that they're using like a decoy skill um and that will help to build out your uh, end game agent that you're working on. Um, they are increasing the level cap from 30 to 40 and therefore by doing so are giving players a little bit more of a, of a chase as well as uh, it's also a great way for them to be able to incorporate new players into it. So right off the bat, um, if you have never played Division 2, that's okay. If what you saw today from, or what you're watching now interests you with the, the gameplay video that you're watching or just listening to me talk about this um, and you want to pick up Warlords of New York when it comes out, uh, you can do so. And you can immediately become level 30 and then go and answer the call in New York. Um, and you can actually use Division 1 visuals to create your character as well. Or if you've been playing The Division 2 or you played it and walked away from it, maybe you were like a level 18, you can, again, boost yourself up to level 30 by purchasing the content and then play through the new can- the new narrative-driven campaign from level 30 to 40. And then when you hit level 40, that's when you'll start seeing more of your end game style drops. Um, or, again, if you've just been a player that's been playing regularly or here and there and maybe you hit level 30 like myself, completed the campaign but didn't really mess with the episodic content too much, Um, You can then you're level 30 and you can just kind of move on from there Um, and continue to go to New York and continue your your progression to level 40. And then again, moving into endgame if you so choose. Um, So that's a cool way for connecting hardcore players to new players. Um, and then you can even maybe even make a second character if you wanted to, and he'd already be at level 30, and you could do the 30 to 40 thing. So it's kind of a catch-up mechanic that a couple of these like live service games have tried to use um, while still having the delicate balance of not making the last year of your work irrelevant, which they still kind of do, which is sucky, but at the same time like they have to realize that You know, everybody has to realize that these players need to the the barrier of entry needs to be removed. Destiny did it. Um, Anthem's probably going to do it with whatever thing that they're working on. Um, Any of these games that continuously build on a live service and releasing continuous paid expansions, um, that you know requires that. So, Warlords of New York obviously takes place uh, eight months after the outbreak. Uh, The division, uh, the crew is still searching for a cure or something to stop the virus from spreading. Um, like I mentioned before, it's the first brand new narrative-driven expansion for Division 2. It's a manhunt-themed expansion uh, entering Lower Manhattan. After a hurricane hits this former dark-zoned area, you're chasing Aaron Keener and his uh, and his new bioweapon. And uh, like I mentioned before, he's got four rogue agents um, on Keener's team. Each agent has their own backstory as to why they decided to turn away from the Division. Um, you'll get five main missions in the game. There's going to be landmarks and epic battles in those missions as well. You get eight side missions and control. Control points. So there's eight new side missions and eight control points, all taking place in Lower Manhattan. And, and just typical, typical to what we've had with the Division and Division Two, you get multiple safe houses to secure and build communities. Um, the the New York factions that we're used to from Division One, they're returning in Division Two with a little bit of a twist. Um, and then the, the gameplay changes that they, they're incorporating. Um, if you've been paying any attention to Division 2 over the last couple of months, they have been trying to uh, streamline the process. They've been doing small patches to change things. And then Warlords of New York is the expansion where they're going to be like, here's all the gameplay changes we made and we're rolling it out. And here's the new sa- new content and a new sandbox for you to mess with your powerful agent. Um so they've streamlined the stats on the gear and the weapons. They've eliminated gear score. Um, you're gonna just—it's just leveled gear that you get, and as you hit level cap, you'll start getting your your legendaries and your exotics and your you know your those things. Um, so they remove the the stat budget, and they they're bringing god rolls to return. The goal is to have um, all of your loot be meaningful. in so many games, Destiny has said it, Anthem has said it, Division has said it, of where they want to make every drop impactful. Very few have actually succeeded on that, and I think based on at least what they're talking about, I didn't really get to see this. But what they're talking about with your ability of gear and the and the and the changes to the recalibration station in the game of where if you get a chess piece to drop and it has a really good stat or talent on it, and when you dis if you go to the recalibration station and you dismantle it, you can actually remove that stat or talent from the gear and store it in your li- in your stat library. And that's actually really cool because then it means when you get another piece of gear that has something else on it and you want to, you know, has a really good stat or talent on it, and it would really play well with the one that you just took off the other one, you can go to your stat library, I believe, and then remove that stat from your library and apply it to that other chess piece to where you have your perfectly rolled chest piece to put on your build for whether it's a skill build or a DPS build and any of those things so having a stat library is something I don't really feel like a game has done yet before and if they can execute this correctly it could be a very big deal and a very uh, much a game changer for end game content of being able to build your player out now at the same time there's that delicate balance of ruining the the, the chase uh, okay well now I don't really care what it is I'm just going to farm and farm and farm uh, loot until I get the, the, the stats that I want there's always that fear um, most of you know that listen to me uh, talk I play a lot of Destiny and Destiny's armor 2.0 system has kind of taken that away Like there's still stats that you're looking for in Destiny but then the ability to interchange the mods with the armor as you choose um, it kind of takes away that quote unquote like perfect chase and then once you get some of the the build that you want or you like, then you just have it. Um, but the Division 2 with Warlords of New York is also adding an SHD um, tech uh, thing that you upgrade. And that is... Um, it's something that has infinite possibilities of other perks and talents that you can unlock, uh, infinite progression. I'm sorry, um, as you're earning XP, which is all like these games are all trying to figure out ways after you hit level cap to make it to where if you want to just farm the dark zone, or if you want to just farm control points, or you want to, you know, go back and help your friends get through the content. Like, what benefit does it give to me after I've hit the experience cap? And what that what it is doing with the SH, SHD tech is as you continue to gain more experience in the game, doing those things that I mentioned. You can unlock additional perks and talents. Of um, they didn't really go too deep into showing us what that is, but it's 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 a system where that you know could increase critical hit chance, or you know have a, you know maybe an addition to your skill power. And it's a it's an infinite progression that they're adding to the game, along with uh, adding seasonal content to the game. So one week after Warlords of New York launches, which is a really cool decision that they've made, the first week players can kind of just play, figure out the new stuff that's happening, see how the the, the gear has been streamlined, and the removal of gear score how impactful that is or isn't and then kind of like tweaking your builds a little bit and then you'll know, going through the campaign which you know probably won't be a super long campaign, you know, five main missions aren't isn't terribly long, and it's a thirty dollar expansion. So you, the the expansion is thirty dollars just for the expansion, uh, forty dollars for the standard edition, and that standard edition will include the Division Two as well as the Division Two Warlords of New York. So you'll get the both both pieces of content, and then there's a sixty dollar ultimate edition, which includes the two games, the Division. I'm sorry, in, includes the two versions of the game, Division Two and Division Two Warlords of New York, um, along with um, the the year one content, the episodes one, two, and three, the classified missions, and the unlocked specializations. Um, so, like you know, buying the second year of content um, will you know enable that. But with their season pass that they're incorporating into this uh, seasonal content, um, you will have global events that you're chasing. You'll have things to focus on each season of how they're building out the end game. Um, but the time that I got to play. Um, I didn't feel like it was dramatically different than anything that I've already played in the, in Division Two. It just was Division Two in New York, um, and I don't want that to sound like a bad thing. There's really been nothing ever wrong, in in my opinion, with Division or Division Two's gameplay. It's a great cover-based shooter. Uh, it's a great social cooperative game. But um, I feel like at a certain point in time, like uh, a game like the Division needs to to really go in a in a, in a in a solid direction and going back to new york they're going to get some of the recycled content bullcrap that people like to talk about um but that that's either neither here nor there like we all have seen over the last couple years like creating a live service game is is hard and it's a challenge um and with those challenges they need to figure out a way to, to streamline certain things and as they're trying to figure out if this stuff is going to work using some older assets is not always a bad thing going back to New York isn't a bad thing tying it together with the episodic stuff that they've done you know like there's there's a plan and there's a direction that they're going with this content and hopefully in building a new foundation of what you know what entices players to to play the game and to sign in regularly and seasonal content and then even a seasonal pass system that we've seen incorporated into Fortnites and the destinies of the world of like oh at level five you get this and level 10 you get this like an like a progression system is always a good thing like video game players gamers they like to see a bar move and as the bar moves forward they get things that are unlocked or they see something that's really cool at like level 35 that they really want like and that'll get them to chase that and then maybe they realize that they're having a lot of fun playing the game with their friends or hey you should really check this out and then you help them play and all of a sudden you're level 40 or 45 and you see something at 47 that you want um And then, you know, there's a premium one. There's cosmetics as well. those are all things of little steps in the right direction to help entice a player to to want to play the game or to give them a reason to sign on, and that is layered on top of the SHD tech that they've added to the game of where okay now I've earned enough points that I can unlock this cool perk that I've been looking for, or, or I've got this really nice build at, at around a sniper or a skill build, and that that thing in the SHD that I want to unlock that takes it's going to take X amount of experience to get to it, then you get it and it's like that cherry on top of your build of making it strong and powerful and and you know you with your friends like hey watch this like watch how fast i can take this down or watch what i can do with this um and that always kind of entices the other player like to think man i really want something like that and that loop if they can find that loop of, of being able to bring and entice those players then you really have something um the again like the you're overseeing content that i've been playing um, you. This game is still very hard solo. Um, it was one of the disappointing things is that I didn't get to play it at the session. I got to play about two hours of gameplay uh, for the Warlords of New York, and we were playing solo. And one of the things I was hoping is that you can play co-op because playing this game cooperatively with with a friend is where these types of games shine for me. Um, having somebody there to help flank or communicate or even do something different, like I'm going to run this kind of build and you can run this kind of build and we can kind of work together and, and have some cool synergy or just... Sometimes like you're still learning the content and you just go down. You'll see me in some of the video like maybe die, and and then like the encounter has to restart and that's frustrating. Um, any game like single player game does that where you die and the and the encounter restarts. But just you know just shooting the breeze with your buddies and killing things and playing the game. And if these missions are enticing enough and then you get some cool skills to go back and like I'm gonna go back and do this now and I'm gonna use this decoy against him. Let's see how much better I can do now that I've earned it. Um, that's always so much fun but it's just more fun cooperatively um so again the warlords of new york is coming out on march 11th um it i enjoyed what i was able to play um it it is definitely enticing enough to, to kind of like spark my interest. I had kind of fallen off from it, um, and then there are also and when when the reason I had fallen off of it is because like it was a like lack of an end game. Like you went through the world tier so fast, and then you were world tier five, and then it was like stuff was just harder to be harder. Um, and then the raid like the the raid had the challenges i still haven't even tried the first raid um because i've heard some of the challenges that it even had and i've seen some streams and stuff of people doing the raid encounters and it looks really cool but i'm still hearing that thing where it's a little bit better on pc uh it's a little better if you use a mouse and keyboard and it's a you because know, it's a precision you know it's a precision style raid where your, your cursor needs to be right on the point or it's a dps raid and and you know having the right builds and i kind of was like i don't want to try that and um they did talk the second raid, um, and the second raid will have two versions of it. It'll be it'll be available to all players of the Division 2 at level 30 and all players of the Division 2 at level 40. Uh, so we will have two different versions of the raid. Um, I think the addition of the stat libraries, like I mentioned earlier, are really going to make actually going into the raid a little bit more appealing and enticing as you can go in there and maybe figure out what works and what doesn't work. Um, and then you can you know start making your builds and know what you need to chase. Um and building of the end game of like they're adding legendary, um, uh, modifiers to, to the end game. You'll have some end game stuff in New York, but at the same time, they're not making DC irrelevant, which is really cool. Uh, what exactly they're doing to DC. They didn't really elaborate too much, but they also did talk to us about the dark zone, uh, revitalizing the dark zone in DC, uh, trying to bring some of the D one feels back, uh, focus on player to player interaction. And then you're streamlining how the dark zone works in terms of, um, just in making it easier and under and a better understanding, because it seems like in Division Two the players are just staying away from the Dark Zone. Like I didn't have any desire to go in there because I didn't really hear about anything great that was coming out of there. Um, but the Dark Zone is now filled with more contaminated loot. So like they 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 went this direction where not all the loot was contaminated, so you know once you got it, you got it. and that kind of took the appeal of the, of the dark Zone away. I never really went into the dark Zone much in division one and I don't really think I've gone in there at, at all in Division two. Um, full disclosure that I've taken a long, long time off the division two multiple months, uh, pretty much since digital days gaming launched. I really haven't played it much. Um, they're saying that they they have some more uh, surprises planned for the end game. But one of the questions they know is, what should an end game player focus on? And with the launch of the seasons one week after the expansions dropping, um, the seasons are the mini campaigns with time limited events, and the global events are coming back. And with the global events coming back, they have modifiers added to change how you'll play. Um, and the global events in Division 1 were always cool because you, you, you got to earn, like, exclusive global event loot. Um, and then with these going away, that fear of missing out um, is something that is relevant to these games because if they can get players to come back in even just for a couple hours a week or like, and then come back, like, you know, in the next two or three weeks when the next global event comes out, they're still getting you to play there and then maybe the next thing will hook you and get you to, to continue to play more or make you aware that there's going to be new um, content coming out. Like I mentioned, uh, being able to have like a little bit of the D1 vis- or the D- Division One visuals added back into the game. If you wanted to make a secondary character, you could use some of the D- the Division One visuals, or you can just make your character in Division Two visuals and move it up. Um, the gameplay that you're watching was me playing in the Civic Center. Um, and then I was also like uh, hunting one of the rogue agents, and that led me into the tombs. So you get to see some of the new area in New York that they've added. Um, and like I mentioned, the solo content was challenging. The, these games shine when you're being played, when you're playing as a team, having a teammate, being able to revive you and help you flank the enemies. Um, but again, nothing felt dramatically different, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, it just felt like more Division, which is a great thing. Um, but I still feel like if you're launching new content that's kicking off the second year, Division Two, I was hoping for just a little bit more. Um, the session that I got to play in San Francisco was not a very long session, um, and I was really I only got to really dig into one mission. So there's still four other missions and the side missions. So I think the content for thirty dollars is going to be there, and then. Is the seasonal content going to be there? That's going to be the big question. Can they deliver on seasonal content? And then, obviously, what is their plan after the first season, or how long is the season going to last? Those weren't really things that they were they were talking about. But this expansion with the seasonal content coming and the 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 small changes that they're making to the Dark Zone and updating uh, updation, nice word, but uh, updating of the Washington D.C. endgame things as well. And then the streamlining of the gear, removing gear score, and adding you know adding the stat libraries like these could all be things that could really help to continue to to get that infinite loop going for the player. So there's so much stuff coming in with the streamlined gear and the shade tech, the SHD. Um, I almost keep wanting to call it like an artifact because Destiny added the artifact of where like as you like got more XP, you'll unlock more perks. And this is very similar to that. The battle pass system of like where you can maybe unlock a mask or a cool jacket. Yes, those cosmetics still matter. Those skins still matter to players whether you're into them or not into them. Having that carrot on the stick of like you're almost to this level like oh and look what you get 10 more levels down and look what you get 12 more levels down that's exactly what this game needs is a consistent reason to to sign in and play the game and like if there's something on that in that season's past that looks really cool that I want to strive to get, I'm going to go get it. But then if I see something in the next season pass that maybe isn't as appealing to me, but it's more appealing to my friends, they might be able to convince me to play just to hang out with them. But, like, maybe I'm not that worried about that hat. Maybe it's not a hat that I really care about. Um, But you know major major thank you to ubisoft for flying me out to san francisco letting me and putting me in a hotel and letting me play the game um digital days gaming is very very early on and them giving me the opportunity to do this and to cover this is is a huge win uh you know again full disclosure like they pay for my flight and my lodging and my food and, and the event and like even transportation around san francisco so like huge huge thank you to ubisoft um And I really hope that you guys check it out. If you have any questions, please, like, um, just tweet at us at Digital Days Pod on Twitter. Uh, You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Digital Days Gaming. You can join our Facebook group. Uh, Just search Digital Days Gaming on Facebook and then you can also if you're watching this on youtube you can subscribe to the channel please like there's down in the description i'll have links to everything i mentioned as well and just let me know the gameplay like what you guys thought um i know i'm not the best player um so yeah there's some top there's some stuff with me dying in the game but um i really had a a good time playing this game is it going to be long term enough i don't know but i really appreciate you guys taking the time to listen i really appreciate you guys taking the time to watch um, and again, like just uh, drop a subscription, leave a comment, ask me a question. I'll keep an eye on the YouTube comments um, or tweet at us, and we'll keep an eye on that. You can also just tweet at me directly. Um, my personal Twitter is at GoodDaveHunt. And uh, thanks so much. And again, DigitalDaysGaming.com for the weekly podcast. And this, when you're if you're listening to this right when it releases within uh, the week of um, the 11th. Uh, February 11th um, on the 13th um, my next episode of Digital Days Gaming should release and I'll have a more of a back and forth conversation with my co-host about The Division 2 and this content so again thank you guys so much for checking it out have a great week, keep moving forward